Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. Today, the topic is Apple stock and the latest 20% almost crash in two days and one hour of trading really explains not only Apple, the risks and the rewards involved with Apple stock, but also the markets. So as in the last Intel video that I made, I'll put the link to the analysis video in the description below, which is a fundamental stock unlike Apple that was a fundamental stock. There you, I asked about Apple and many of you on top of the 1000 new subscribers that that video brought. So I thank you all and I welcome you all to the channel. Many of you asked for an analysis of Apple stock. So I dug deep, really wanted to analyze. And as I was researching and going to the key topics when it comes to investing to Apple, I also said, okay, this explains the market perfectly. So we'll go through all this topics from fundamentals, also the dividend, buybacks, valuation, likely long-term, short-term returns. And if you're an Apple investor or just an investor in the market, you'll get immense value from this video because it will explain the key risk and rewards when it comes to investing in today's market and the same Apple stock. If you get value by the end of this video, please click that like button, ask any questions in the comment sections. And if you get value, please subscribe because this is what we do on this channel, risk, reward, value investing. I have been watching Apple. I have been long Apple in 2016, then I sold too early, but I still managed to get to an equal return as what happened with Apple there, so no regrets. But in 2016, when I wrote my article, Apple for the next 40 years, Apple was a pure value investment. The price earnings ratio was 10. The average price earnings ratio of the S&P 500 was 22. And Apple, given its stability, the cash flows, the buybacks, was likely to, again, come to the mean of the S&P 500. And that's exactly what happened from 2016 to 2018. The stock doubled as the valuation reached the S&P 500 ratio. But since, let's say, equaling its valuation with the S&P 500, there were some ups and downs, China scare, then the COVID scare. But since then, the stock doubled again reaching a 2 trillion market capitalization and the price earnings ratio went from 10 to the 20s to close to 40 now. The dividend yield went down to 0.68% and the stock really exploded by more than doubling over the last, what is this, six months. Over the last five days, and this also shows about the volatility of the market, the stock managed to drop almost 20% in two days and one hour of trading, then it rebounded. But this also tells us about the risks of the market, the volatility, because if there are no fundamentals, then it all depends on sentiment and sentiment when everybody's buying, the stock simply goes up, up and up. But when those buying starts selling, there is nobody on the other side and it's just a free fall. 
this is the market let's put all into perspective and you'll get a clear picture about apple and the market as i said now the valuation is almost four times what it was four years ago this completely changes apple as an investment and as a risk reward perspective 2016 it was a fundamental low risk investment with an earnings yield of 10 percent now the earnings yield is less than three percent less than three percent thus the risks are much much higher and it's very unlikely that apple will again quintuple in stock price over the next four or five years and that's the risk of reward when it comes to investing also of the market and that's what investing is actually all about when it comes to valuations this is from schiller and from star capital the returns based on valuation so this is even the cyclically adjusted price earnings ratio that takes 10 years of earnings into account which is even higher for apple but this is what you should expect when the price earnings ratio of the market is between 30 and 40 your the expected historical returns you are happy to get zero from minus four over per year over the next 15 years to a maximum of four percent in the best case scenario this is the risk return when apple was at a price earnings ratio of 10 of course the returns are much much higher for a stock it was 45 percent per year over the last four years for apple but this explains the risk and reward of investing and we are now here both for the market and for apple however apple low earnings yield low dividend 0.68 percent but when you compare the 0.68 dividend with the five-year treasury interest rate or yield of 0.24 then apple that offers inflation protection from pricing power growth over the long term if the business continues to do business a higher return than the treasury of 0.24 percent then stocks and apple are still extremely cheap if interest rates stay this low if interest rates change then that will also change for the market and at these extreme valuations that are created by the extremely low interest rates armageddon can happen when those things return to the historical mean or you never stay at the mean like we have seen with apple valuation or when those things go below the average historical and that's again a risk both from apple stock and both from for the market and that's something to think about keep in mind over the long term nobody knows what will happen nobody knows for how long interest rates will stay this low but if we see inflation we might also see higher rates over the next 10 years but if you're a long-term investor keep that in mind when things change and there is a lot of money in the market many investors that chase trends you have to expect volatility especially on such high valuations and this is exactly what happened over the last three days somebody the sentiment changes at the beginning of the day bad news the markets are negative are pessimistic and then the sell-off starts this was a three-day sell-off that pushed the stock price almost 20 percent down from peak to 
bottom. It's incredible how this market works, but expect such volatile times, expect this as a normal, as we have seen it has been happening more often over the last few years. But investing is about the business, so let's discuss the business outlook for Apple, the moat, the 10-year rule of investing from Buffett, and we can see here that Apple is based on the iPhone, still 44% of sales come from the iPhone, and in the past there was the iPhone cycle. Good iPhone, really exciting iPhone, then the stock went really up on higher prices. iPhones that disappointed on expectations, the stock went down, good iPhone, disappointment down, etc, etc. Now sales are much stabler as the user base is much bigger at 1.5 billion. So this is what Apple is banking on, not so much on growth anymore, but on a stable user base that doesn't change that much. However, still 62% of Apple users buy again Apple, but the other 48 buy something else. So it's not really that we can say it's a moat, everybody that has Apple buys just Apple. So the difference between growth or stability for Apple comes from that 38% of new market customers that come from China, India, globally. So for now, and the last six quarters have been in declining trend for Apple iPhone sales up to this quarter. So let's say that Apple from a business perspective now is offering stability and they are trying to grow with the sales of services on that 1.5 billion installed user base. But when it comes to investing you have to think always where will this business be in 10-20 years? And that will give you the answer for your long-term strategy also with the market. If you look at all these companies, many have business models that have been created just a few years ago. This means that somebody else can put more money in, there is plenty of money in the market we see, we can put more money into something if it's profitable and then eat up the market share. So it's really, really a fast market and modes are getting thin. You can have a mode for a while, but then somebody else, everybody else will attack you. So the question is always, where will Apple be in 10 years from an investing perspective? And if you can give an answer to that question, then you also know what will your investment return be. And when it comes to Apple, we don't know what will be the new products over the next five, 10 years, but it's a big company, has big sales, and we have seen it plateauing over the last three, four, five years. So there is no more that exuberant growth that was created with the launch of the iPhone 3. If you take a little bit of tape, you can still work with it. I'm filming, I'm using it for the sound just. But that was really hot product. Now it's stability, and we have to make an analysis on the most likely outcome, which is stability or even declines over the long term. So let's take a look at the fundamentals and then make a valuation of the stock, which will also tell you about the market. So if I look at net income over the last five years for Apple, it has been 50 billion in 2015 and it went up to 58 billion. So this is stagnation, 15% over five years, that's 2.1% yearly growth. 
that's net income for the company. But earnings per share went up 52% or 8.7% per year because Apple did a lot of buybacks and therefore increased earnings per share. But this is the business and you can see that the business hasn't been growing that fast at all. And I assume that over the long term, if Apple can do this again, 2% per year, that will be a positive outcome for the company. On the fundamentals, we're not going to look at the balance sheet as usual because Apple has a different focus. Apple wants to destroy the balance sheet, to take out all the cash as possible, become net cash neutral, have no cash confronted to debt and spend all the money on buybacks. When you spend all the money on buybacks and if the stock price is higher than the book value, then debt gets the difference between the book value and the stock price gets destroyed from an accounting perspective. And that's therefore you can't look at Apple from a balance sheet perspective over the short term. So let's look at the cash perspective. And this is also what Luca Maestri, the CFO, discusses how their goal is to get a net cash neutral position over time and they're going to do that by repurchasing shares, paying dividends, and also doing accelerated share repurchase plans where an investment bank buys shares for them. And that's why Apple's book value per share will go negative. This is before the split, not yet adjourned, but divide this by four. And you see here how as the stock price went up, they continued with the buybacks, which means that the book value went from 140 per share down to 72. And if they continue with what they are doing, the book value will probably go to zero. There will be no more book value because Apple, the management says, we are going to base the valuation of our business on the cash flows that are hopefully steady, stable, and will be stable and growing over time. That's their thesis. But... That's something that people like Warren Buffett don't do. They are building a financial fortress because they know that if you just do all that you can to push the stock price higher, you have no fundamentals to back you up in bad times, then Buffett knows that once in 30, 50 years you go bankrupt and you are not a long-term investment anymore. And that's the difference between long-term investing, be building a bigger, stronger business, and financial engineering. So Apple, by continuing to do buybacks, is increasing the risk of its business over the long term. Of course, the management cannot say, oh no, now we're not going to do buybacks, we are going to create a financial fortress, because then the stock price would fall 50-50%. If Berkshire were spent or same, have the same attitude on buybacks as Apple, the stock price would be three times what it is now. That's the difference, but that's short-term thinking and long-term thinking. Buffett versus typical corporate management. To dividend, just to mention it, they are paying 10 billion to 14 billion per year, so really small growth. The dividend is growing as the number of shares goes down because of the buybacks but the return is what 0.68% so really really minimal to focus. The focus should be on buybacks and 2013-14 they announced the plan to do buybacks 12-13 sorry and they said that 
the vast majority of our incremental cash return will be in the form of share repurchases and we concluded that investing in Apple was the best. This was in 2013, but is it still now the best investment they can make? Let's look at this. Yes, 2013 the stock price was 14.90, now it's 120, this was 15% what? This was 12% of what the price is now. Yes, in 2013 it's clear Apple was the best investment. But is it still now that the stock price is up 8-9 times? That's the question the management doesn't want to answer because they increase their buyback focus and in the last quarterly report they say they will spend the remaining 74.4 billion and again increase their buyback plans, as I said, 10 billion through accelerated share repurchases where a bank buys stocks for them, etc, etc. So all the cash they have, they will focus on buybacks no matter the high stock price. This is for me crazy irrational because there is a huge difference between buying a stock here or here. And then when you look at the power of buybacks, yes, they delivered because the number of shares outstanding was 6.6 .6 billion not yet adjusted for the split and now it's down to 17.1 billion or 4.25 billion. So they lowered the number of shares by 35%. This increased the dividend per share and everything. But in total they spent 372 billion to do that. But the market capitalization was 500 billion when they started with their buybacks. Now it's 2.2 trillion. So is it equally smart to do buybacks? That's what I'm asking, especially as net income didn't really grow. And to do the same, they will need to spend much, much more now to lower the number of shares for another 35% to have the same buyback effect. And as the earnings yield is just 3% and thus the buyback yield is also 2.9%, 3%, can't they with that money find better investments? Investments that offer, I don't know, 5% plus more growth than Apple does. They can, but they will not do it because uh, then they would say, okay, we can find better than Apple. Apple is not the best stock. Thus also other investors would not buy Apple stock and the stock would stop going up. So this is the tell me your incentive and I'll tell you the story. Like Charlie Munger says, the incentive of the management is just to push the stock higher instead of thinking how can we make Apple a very, very long-term business. This is the biggest risk, I think, when it comes to Apple. Unfortunately, I'm not in Apple's management. I will not be getting hundreds of millions through vesting options like Tim Cook does. So I can't help long-term Apple shareholders more than by helping them doing this video. That's how the world works. And that's also the same in the market. If we look at the S&P 500 buybacks, when the S&P 500 reaches record highs, the buybacks are simply much, much higher. When it is at record lows, nobody does buybacks. So 
in the future when the liquidity will be again an issue and it will happen again then we'll see big crashes again like we have seen them over the last three days because this is investing in the current stock market and this creates a risk for the complete market and not only for apple stock an example of this is general electric big buybacks from 2015 to 2017 and we all know what happened later they destroyed their book value the stability of the company so that the ceo can get a nice pension check before leaving company destroyed nobody cares my incentive was different just to mention the stock split nothing changes with the stock split except for the goal and the goal is to make our stock more accessible to a broader base of investors this was said in the last conference call net income of 58 billion now you divided by 17.1 prior the split was 4.25 the stock also got split by four times so nothing changes this is just cosmetics but this is important a broader base of investors and apple has been known for doing splits as the stock went up they would do a split and it was really cheap when it goes wrong and you can see here that often in history apple's price went up split okay but it went also badly down when the products didn't deliver as expected so that's another risk for apple also stock splits are not a new thing 1969 eugene fama research nobel prize winner shows how stock splits don't really make a difference for the stock price so that investor base that grows is another risk that should be emphasized because these are the investor there really really knowledgeable about fundamentals about everything this guy's no this guy knows really good about real estate chapeau to him but their listeners do they know do they know how to hold the stock the risk and reward of a stock i don't know and that's the risk because when the sell-off comes we have seen what happens over just two days like it happened last week now when it comes to valuations over the long term stock market returns are perfectly correlated with business returns so if i look at the business of apple earnings per share 3.41 stock price 120 price earnings ratio 35 expected earnings yield is 2.8 percent still better than the treasury but if you are an investor an absolute value investor then you look okay 2.8 percent then you look okay if i want more where can i find more then you go for growth okay growth has been coming from buybacks but it won't be 8.7 percent anymore per year it will be much much lower if i take the 60 billion and use them to do buybacks at 120 then i have a buyback yield of 2.9%. Okay, 2.9%. This is where the earnings are used for. To pay for the growth, if earnings are still there, okay, then we are at 5, 6%. And then the question is, more growth, more growth can come from organic growth, but given that the focus is just on buybacks, on financial engineering, I assume 5% long-term returns is the most likely scenario this is really good compared to treasuries but it all depends also on the risk of the business 
if you want 5%, it is about a valuation perspective. 5% per year means that stock, the stock needs to be at 195 in 2030 for a 5% return. It's more likely that the stock will be 195 in 2021 thanks to the buybacks than in 2030. But that's the short-term, long-term investing mindset that is now in the market. Everybody's for the short-term, long-term, few of them are that. I prefer give me both, give me first long-term and then if the short-term comes even better. This is the short-term. I don't know. It's just about sentiment, where the money flows. 60 billion is coming in year after year, hopefully for Apple. So it might push the stock price higher, like it rebounded here really fast. And it's all about sentiment, trend. So not really something that we can discuss rationally. If the market is happy with a 2.5% return, which is still better than 0% treasury, then the stock can still double like it did over the last six months. This is possible, but we have also discussed the risks and I will summarize quickly what we have discussed also for the market perspective. It's all about valuation, price earnings ratio of 37, 3% return, far riskier than one price earnings ratio of 10, all else equal and all else is equal with Apple. Modes come and go with this market. Very many, many short-term businesses just created so somebody can come there and take their pie. And also the moat with Apple isn't really a moat because it's not 99%, it's just 68. Financial engineering destroys the fundamentals, more short-term focus, really risky from a long-term perspective. So nobody is Berkshire. If you want to sleep well, then Berkshire is your stock or other fundamental stocks out there that are focused on fundamentals. Buybacks, I think it's not smart to do them at any price like 99% of the companies are doing. Cash flows is what matters, similar to net income. So this is Apple growth, hard to grow once you're so big already. And we are seeing slower, slower growth. We have seen that with Facebook. Stock splits are cosmetics, don't count on them, short term, long term. The question is, are you an investor or not? What you're focused on. And then if you're short term, then you have to know when to sell. And that's always impossible to know. Risk is the essence of value investing. So something that you can do over the next 30, 40 years. If you focus where will the stock price go next, three, six months, 12 months, and then next, and then what, and then what, and then at some point you see it go down 50%, you do the wrong thing, you sell instead of buying, and then you lose long-term returns. So if you're an investor, focus on the fundamentals. Low risk will bring you to high rewards. The opposite of what Apple is now, actually what Apple was in 2016. Similar story for the whole market. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.